Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and our guest, Peggy Williams and Leslie Hollowell, who've been joining us this semester. We're over halfway through our spring Bible study, All That Matters, Walk Worthy, the message of Colossians and Philemon. And this week, we were reminded of the freedom that we have as followers of Christ from the man-made rules and legalistic rituals that we often fall prey to. Following a rule for the sake of the rule alone is just external conformity, but true obedience flows from the heart. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, ladies, thank you once again for being with us. And I have to just go back to that last sentence. Following a rule for the sake of the rule alone is just external conformity, but true obedience flows from the heart. You know, it's what we talked about in Bible study today because it is the heart. And when we love the Lord, that obedience flows out of that love for Him. It's when we love self more than we love Him that we struggle with obedience, is it not? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So how do we see that flesh out in our own lives? <laughs> Let's not talk about somebody else's <laughs> in our own lives. <laughs> well, I think you and I were just saying, you know, it's so foreign sometimes in, in our world right now to really look at saying, I need to deny myself, you know, because we live in a world that says, if it feels good, do it. You know, you deserve this girl. And that is really contradictory to truth, you know, because in all reality, our goal is not to be self-focused, but it's to be Christ-focused. Live your truth. Be true Mm. to yourself. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, and and all the self-help books that go along with it. And that term self-care. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, I know there can be some good things to being wise about and not being putting yourself in a position to be taken advantage of. But at the same time, we're called, like you said this morning, Donna, we're called to die to self, not to care for ourselves. Well, not to focus primarily on ourselves. Yeah. 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 You you care for yourself. You've got to have margin. You've got to do those things that are wise, like you were saying. But not to where that's your focus. <laughs> exactly. I think something I hear a lot, it drives me nuts. Women will say, I'm enough. I'm just enough. Just tell yourself 10 times, I am enough. And it freaks me out, really. That you're not enough. That's right. why it's not working. That's why Jesus we're really in such a mess. You, yeah. Jesus in you is enough. Yes. But if you keep you know, doing those positive affirmations, that is not, you're no. not enough. You are not. And you innately know that. But that's the counsel that the world gives us. Yes, Even is. Christian counsel sometimes. Absolutely. Just get you some positive affirmations and say them 10 times a day and you'll be good. Right. But they're not good. That's exactly right. Which leads us kind of into our topic, the whole elevating truth above the lie, taking the lie captive so that we can live out of what we know is true. But we are bombarded with lies and half-truths. Yes. So you've really got to be immersed in the Word of God to be able to detect it, especially in our culture. The enemy sly. And he can convince us of things that sound very true that are not. How do we help women detect the lie? You know, you've heard that illustration about um, learn how to recognize counterfeit money. Right. And they don't spend all that time looking at counterfeit money. They put those people in a room and they look at it and feel it and smell it and look at it and feel and smell it. So they know innately what the real is and they can detect the counterfeit. The same is with us. I can't tell you how many women that are so casual about the Word of God yes, that they subsist on a little tiny devotional and that's going to take them through the rest of the day. And it's like, get into the living Word of God. It will set you free. But they don't quite believe it. 
Right. Well, they want a quick fix. Yeah. And these people that say, oh, just get my five-minute devotional or, yeah, it makes me crazy. I just want to say, that's not enough. That is not going to counteract what the world is feeding you because we're bombarded with the lies of the world and of our culture. And if we're not refuting the lie with the truth, five minutes is not going to do it. We've got to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. In fact, there was an analogy, and I don't remember now, that came out of Dallas Willard or where it came from, but how we're called first to be and then to do. And if our being, it's like two interlocking circles. And if our being circle is so small because we're not being who God's called us to be, or we're not focusing on that by spending time with Him, time in His Word, we're just out here doing we're going to just implode because that part of us cannot uphold all that we're doing on the outside. And we end up doing things in the flesh and we end up getting involved in things and doing things according to the way of the world instead of according to God's truth. Mm. You know, in Matthew, it talks about where the wise man is the one who hears God's word. But in John, he says the wise man is the one who dug down deep. (laughs) You know, and I think that's where you're going to get the real truth of God's word. When you say, you know what, I'm putting aside an hour to just dive down deep into God's Word, and it's not just a surface relationship. You know, I think sometimes this generation right now is a mile wide but an inch deep, and we as older women, that is my heart's desire is that I can teach them how to dig down deep on their own, you know, because you're not going to know the lies if you don't know the truth. And that is where, you know, again, we as our generation get to help this younger generation be reminded that if you really want to know what the lies of the world are, you've got to put it up against the truth of God's Word. That's exactly right. So how do we help women do that? Those that are listening today, what are some things that you would give them to make a part of their own life and walk with the Lord to be able to know what's true? Well, you know, our mother Eve back in Genesis, (laughs) you know, she heard the lie and we're going to hear them from everywhere. But she engaged with it. Yes. She engaged with it. And of course, that fed into her thoughts and ultimately fed into her actions, which is what will be with us. I think a lot of introspection is really unhealthy, navel gazing and all that kind of thing. But I will ask women, I'll say, what lie did you pick up way back there somewhere where you were wounded and hurt and you're still carrying it today and it's influencing who you think you are, your actions, your reaction? That is the filter And so I think it warrants going back to that one place. And I'm not saying stay there, but just what lie did you believe then? And that's where you replace the truth of God's Word. But you've got to sit with God's Word a good bit of time just to know the truth. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, you're right, Peggy, because what we dwell on is what we believe. If we dwell on the lie, we believe the lie. If we dwell on the truth, we believe the truth. But Leslie, to what you were saying, it is dwelling. Dwelling is not just a glance. Dwelling is intently saying, this is what I am going after, and I'm going after the truth of God's Word. And even if we are still battling the lie, the truth will move in and take over because that is what Jesus does. Right, right. And John 17, 17, thy word oh, is, is truth. truth. Yes. You know, and yes. knowing, yes. again, I believe plenty of I think we all have. And I had to go back, Peggy, like you were saying, to the root of them. Like, this is something that was kind of put in me, even in high school, you know, that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't smart enough. And going back to, you know what, I'm not enough. But when you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within you and you know the truth and you begin to what is it, neural pathways, that's create right. those different yeah, exactly. neural yeah. pathways, right. you change, you're transformed. And that's what God's Word has done for me. I'm only saying this because I've seen it be transformed my life since, you know, for the teenage years. Well, every area of bondage has a lie in there. Every. Yes. And so if you can just take some time, sometimes you need a sister to come along with you and help you. But if you can just 
get up under like my sinful behavior or my bondage. Like, what is that? Name it, identify it. And then go, what is the lie I'm believing? It's going to be a lie about God or a lie about myself. And so try to uncover all that. And then you start replacing it with truth. And I think there's themes in our lives, like lies, like some kind of go toward worry and anxiety. Mine going toward control and micromanaging that <laughs> thing to fight it out. But we just get up under that and say, what am I not believing about God? Because that's where it comes down to. You know, First John talks a lot about if you say this, but you do this. If you that's say right. this, you do this. And I think, what am I not believing about God? Because if I really believe God is good and He loves me, am I going to worry about my tomorrow? I'm really not. And I'm not getting on to people who do, but we don't want to stay there because we go, my God sees me and He loves me and He's with me. What have I got to fear? Nothing. And with my control things, I'll go, okay, I have to say, God, you're God, I'm not. And I'm not in control. You are. I belong to you. I'm good. I'm good. And so I have to kind of talk to myself like that. Right. And I love that you mentioned First John. And I would encourage those of you who are listening to read slowly through First John and to notice all the contrasts because he is contrasting the spirit and the flesh, the world and God's word, basically, and telling us that we cannot be friends of the world because that will make us an enemy with God. So we have to know what God's word says. And when we do, we'll walk in the light and we will be light to those that were around as well. I was pulling something up over here out of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And you were talking about going back to the lie, to the wound, to whatever. And he says, turning toward our pain is counterintuitive. You know, we want to run from it. We want to push it down, deny it. But in fact, the heart of Christianity is that the way to life is through death. The pathway to resurrection is through crucifixion. Of course, it preaches easier than it lives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is what we were talking about this morning. So we've got to go back to what is it that drives me today? What lie? What unforgiveness? What is it that I have stuffed and I'm not allowing to come to the surface? Instead of confessing it to a trusted spiritual friend or advisor and being able to pray through that so that we can find healing and be free from that, so we think clearly and think biblically, because the only way to think sanely is to think biblically, to view life through the grid of Scripture. Absolutely. And Jesus said, you know, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yes. He knew mm. what he was talking about. But if we don't have a good interaction with truth, we are in bondage. It's a choice for bondage. Yes. And it's a day by day thing sitting in his presence with his word and letting him tend to our soul, letting him deal with all that stuff. And you go out in your day, you're free, you're clean, you're joyful, you're powerful. It's counterintuitive in our world, but that is the way to get free. Yes, absolutely. You know, we talked about spiritual warfare last week, and of course the enemy really takes advantage. The lies what he uses against us, that is the weapon, because he has been disarmed, like we talked about last week. But the lie is the weapon he uses against us, which is why we have to know the truth. Sometimes it's the enemy, but sometimes it's just my flesh that wants to be coddled, <laughs> doesn't well, want to die. <laughs> a, a quote from book Lies, Women Believe, yes. which I highly recommend, but it says, what we believe is revealed not by what we know or what we say we believe, but how we actually live, you know, and how that is lived and played out in their lives. And honestly, if we don't trust God, you know, I think one of the things we got to sit down is what is keeping me from the scripture? Right. Do I trust God? Do I believe that what he says is true? You know, and so a lot of people just, it's easier to keep rolling with 
what the world says rather than to take the time and make the choice to see what the word says. But that's right. where your freedom comes from. See, so you just stay busy and ignore it. Right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. To numb it. You yes. Know? Yes. Exactly. But I think it goes back to what is your really first love? Like, what is yeah. your first love? Everything goes back to that. <laughs> yes. And you can say, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. Well, how much time do you spend with him? Like, how much time do you go to refer to him? Go, what do you say about this? Let that be the reveal in your own life and correct it. No condemnation, but God right. is saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. Well, when Moses laid out all of the words of the law that God had given him, and he said to the people, these are not just words to you. They are your life. You Absolutely. know, I just, I love that. And you just want to pick the Bible up as you talk to women and say, this is your life right here. And if you would just immerse yourself in this book, it's living. You read it, but it reads you. And that is where we find healing and where we experience peace and joy inexpressible, full of glory. And you will not find it on your own or out in the world. He's waiting right here for each one of us to meet with him. And I love what Amy Carmichael says about that time with the Lord, that it's the most important appointment of our day. And she said, you wouldn't think of going to a doctor's appointment or dental appointment late or just not showing up. And yet the God of the universe is waiting to meet with us and we don't show up or we run in and run back out. Puts it in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> well, and I tell girls a lot. Again, I work with more high school and college, but we get into the Word so the Word can get into I us. See. We live in a generation now where you may not always have a hard copy with you. Many people do on their phone. Right. But when you have that hard copy, it is way harder to believe the lies of the world, you know? And so, again, bringing those lies out into the light. But I think something that is difficult in, again, where we are in our world today is everybody wants instant gratification and nobody wants to make the choice to turn the TV off, to put the phone in another room. That's really hard. It really, really is hard for so many people. But when you do it, you taste and see that the Lord is good. You don't want to miss another meal with him. There's just something about that. And so I would challenge, especially, you know, these younger girls, jump into it. Give yourself that hour and let God meet with you and see that you will want to do it again and again. And because study. that's where you're, yes. Study the Word of God. Read books about the Word of God. Read great classic authors that walked faithfully with the Lord and learned from their lives. Because it literally, it changes our perspective, which changes our life. And the enemy wants to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. He'll do whatever he can to keep you out of the Word of God because he knows there's truth in life there. You know, that reference John 17, but that's where Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, Jesus Christ, you know, whom he has sent. So, yes, knowing him is eternal life. Knowing him is joy. Knowing him is peace. And the enemy wants to steal all of that from us. I think reading biographies are really good. Mm-hmm. As a young Christian, I read George Mueller and. <sighs> I just thought that's how you prayed. I just yes. thought you don't tell anybody. You just tell God. He'll take care of it. You go on your day. I just, <laughs> and bread shows up at the door. Yes. <laughs> and, and, no, but, but I so believe that. That was yeah. the first word. That, yeah. And I read wow. it. And to this day, I don't like share a lot of prayer requests. I think, well, why should I? I mean, y'all can't do anything about it. He can. And, yeah. and I need to work on that more. But I just was so enamored with that God would hear for bread and for milk. Yeah. That I just thought that's how the Christian life was. It is, actually. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And Hudson Taylor, we've listened yes, to that one two or three oh, times. Oh, all those biographies. And just It's a reminder of how dependent people need to be on the Lord. Like, he just gave it all up and anyway. And how hardships are part of the Christian life exactly. that point us back to the truth of who God is. So, mm-hmm. Well, those hardships bring us to the end of ourselves. So that we recognize our 
desperate need for the Lord. You told me something, Peggy. <laughs> we were just talking about being resilient, that I had just prayed that in my life. I'll just be a resilient woman, like walk circumspectly, like Ephesians talks about. When God says this, I'm just immediately turning. I'm yes. not making excuses. And I had listened to a podcast, but they were saying to be resilient, you've got to have pressure. That's right. You got to have pressure to do that. And I go, okay, can I receive that then a little bit better than than that? But mm. is that what you're talking about? Consider yeah. it all joy <laughs> when you encounter various yes. trials, yeah. knowing that the testing of your faith does what? Yeah. It produces endurance. Yeah. It makes us resilient. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a word to parents out there today to not overparent and protect your children from the consequences yes. of their choices. They need to learn those things, sometimes the hard way just like the Lord allows us to learn them. And we overparent, we're not allowing them to develop that resilience and grit that they're going to need to be able to survive in this world. I love and that to be able grit. to stand. I, love that I do too. Yeah. But you know, there's really few role models. That's why I've gone to biography so much. It's really hard to find those people. I so want to be one of those people. You know, we've got a younger generation. They're saying, is there really a God? Does he have power? And I want them to be able to see in my life, there is a God and he has power and he can change your life. That's exactly right. And so I think we should be really conscious of that of people around, not to show off, not to, but to be authentic and to voice, this is what I'm struggling with, but this is what he taught me and this is how I'm doing it. And this younger generation are looking for, who is this God? That's Do exactly you know right. him? Do you know him? And I think we give them an appetite to know him deeper. Absolutely. And, so. and we need more and more people living that authentically before yes. others, living different from the culture. My nephew, who is a professor at a secular university, during his college years and right after, really struggled with, is the Lord real? Is everything that I grew up believing actually true? Because he'd seen so few people actually live it out. And he was in a discipleship group at that moment. And the guys would meet together and discuss a book they were reading. And then they'd all go out and get drunk. You know, his thing to me was, I don't see anybody living it. And my response to him was then, be the man. Be the man that lives it. Actually believe God. Start doing it. And then God will draw those people to you. Because all of us are looking for others who are passionately pursuing yes. Christ. And as you're going hard after him, you're going to look and see, oh, there's somebody else going after him and yes. somebody else. But if you're lagging back, you're going to be with people that are lagging. Yeah. So yes. You've got to choose to go after him. And then God brings those other people alongside you. That's well, what you said. He who walks with the wise grows wise. I was <laughs> right. I just told my girls that this morning. I said, walk wisely with wise people. That's where your wisdom comes from. The ones who are walking towards the word, walking in the word, walking in the spirit, you know. But you're not gonna be alone, but it will be a different Sometimes will you will be. be. Yes. God allows you yes. some wilderness times yes. and the dark nights of the soul. We call those the chrysalis when that little butterfly yeah. right That's before right. the transformation. Exactly. Yeah. When he's struggling. Yes, yeah, when he's struggling <laughs> to, get to get out. out and yeah. it's dark and it's lonely. But there's and something what do we on know the other happens side? if you break it open for the butterflies? It ruins. It yeah. Yeah. The they wings aren't strong enough yeah. to fly yeah. and they'll die. Yes, they have to break out on their own. Yes, yes. And so I think we fear those times and yet... On the other side, we look back and we wouldn't have changed them because those hardest, loneliest times are the times that really transform us. I believe that. And all of us mature women sitting around this table <laughs> have lived long enough to know that's true. Have we not? Yes. Because we look back and we see some of the greatest revelations of the Lord we've ever experienced were in those very hard things that we would not have chosen, but we're so grateful for on this side of them. I remember a season of my life where I was just 
trying to figure out which direction I was going to go. But I remember, I think it was Beth Moore. I was watching a video, you know, VHS. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that dates me. There we go. And I just remember her saying, do the hard yes, thing. thing. She said yes. it over and over, do the hard thing. And I just fell on my floor. It's so cool. Okay, I don't want to, you know, yes. because the hard things are the transforming things. Absolutely. So. I can't remember who said this, but they said, as a Christian, when you go a place, the very atmosphere should change. Amen. Just because you know the Lord and you're different, like you're loving those people, you're kind, you're speaking truth, you're just different. The very atmosphere should change. Mm. Aroma of Christ everywhere we go. Absolutely. And Lord, may it be. Yes. (laughs) May it be. Well, we've just scratched the surface of what it means to be able to live in the truth in such a way that the lie is just exposed for what it is. And that's the beauty of it. The longer we walk in the truth with the Lord, the more sensitive we become to the lie and the more easy it is for us to detect it and refuse it because we know what is true. So we're able to replace that lie with what God's Word says. And that's the only firm foundation any of us have. Well, thank you all once again. Lots to think about. Peggy, would you close us in prayer, please? Our Father, we just come into your presence. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful Mm. spring day that you've given us in Memphis. Lord, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for these women, my sisters, Lord. I know they know you deeply, and I know they walk with you intimately. And Father, I know they've had pressure in their past, and they're still standing. Mm. Lord, we so want to be your women wherever we are. We so want to be powerful, powerful women of God who people look to and say, I want what she's got. Lord, will you help us with that? Keep our minds focused on the right things. Father, you are our first love. Help us to act like it, God. Help us to cultivate that intimate relationship with you and everything will flow from that. And those who are listening, Father, I do pray that they would develop a curiosity to know this God like that. And it just takes some consistency and intentionality and just showing up to show that you are number one and priority in their life. Thank you for your word, God. Just thank you so much for giving us your word and your spirit. And we love you, Father. We know we desperately need you Mm -hmm. every day. Thank you for being there for each of us and providing exactly what we need in the exact moment that we need it. We just love you. Thank you Mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org women.